0: I do is forever forever worship
1: you Good morning Would you stand and sing with us
0: is the
1: land would you pray with us please dear God we thank you for this day we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to come together again and worship you we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds today so that we could focus on your word and receive Joe's message in Jesus' name, amen. I see the word. Such a Please turn and greet your neighbors.
2: Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here. So grateful that you came today. So grateful to the band. We got a bunch of people on the road today and we're grateful for y'all leading us in worship and grateful for y'all singing and picking them up this morning. Um, We've got a bunch of fun announcements. We believe in radical hospitality. Therefore, we're going to have a pictorial directory that we will try to have pictures and proper addresses for everyone. It just won't be today. (laughs) <laughs> I'm giving you an update. Um, we are doing a complete overhaul of all of our addresses and contact information. That has, was pretty horrific, um, but it's getting a whole lot better, but it's going to take us till the end of November to get it better. If we get that better, we get our pictures more updated and we get more pictures of people who have joined us, we'll get the most accurate pictorial directory possible. And we're only, I want to get it to you later and more accurate, than faster and less accurate. Uh, so just uh, just know that we're working on it. Know that we'll likely turn all of our stuff in at the end of November. Know that that probably means a turnaround in January uh, It's likely when that's coming. Uh, and so I'm going to uh, let Aaron take over and tell you something else that's fun about radical hospitality.
3: Thank you, Joe. I'm Erin Knight. Good morning. I am the Director of Children and Family Ministries here, and um, I have several exciting announcements. First, we want to celebrate our Supper at Six from last week. It was a huge success. We had... Um, Over 80 people come, and a really great performance by the James Brothers. If you missed that, it was posted on Facebook. Um, You can still watch the video. And I do want to thank the Morrises. They help it happen every month, and um, couldn't do it without them. Um, The other thing I would like uh, to share with you, the fall festival is having good response to the sign-up for volunteer needs. But if you haven't signed up and would like to, I have a printed copy in the back on the table by the children's check-in in here. Um, or you can go online and click the sign-up genius. But I thank you all who have volunteered already. And now for the exciting news, um, there are going to be some big changes upstairs in the children's rooms uh, starting next week. Allison Duncan and the Greer High National Art, uh, excuse me, the National Art Honor Society and Art Club students are going to be painting murals in every classroom. They're going to start in this large room, the straight room. If you well. Above me here, you'll see the theme. So what we're going to have is a silhouette of Jesus and his disciples on the left wall that will transition to the middle into water and waves. And that water will transition into fish. Um, There are purposefully three fish at the beginning, um, which signifies the Trinity. And they will expand from there and multiply. Uh, The lesson we're trying to convey to our children through this theme is that we are all called to be and make disciples. Uh, I'm so excited about this, I think that everyone is going to enjoy the changes and the other classrooms will follow after we finish this first one. And I want the children to feel a part of this because because they are. (laughs) Um, They will all be painting fish tonight that look like this and we will probably provide other opportunities for those that aren't here on Sunday night. Um, But these fish will match the color and theme of the room and they'll actually hang from the ceiling. As you can see, I, I can't not bend this when it's in my hand, it's really fun. But we can use wire to um, create some movement and hang those from the ceiling. So everyone has a part in this exciting new mural and new look for our children's spaces. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Erin. The children are also singing in worship today at 11 o'clock, and we have secured donuts uh, for them to make sure that they get donuts today. (laughs) Apparently that is critical. We believe in intentional faith development. Next Sunday, we have a combined Sunday school for adult classes for anyone who would like to come. It will be in the sanctuary. Um, we want to make sure that we have enough space. Bishop Williman, who wrote the book who, uh, that we've been using for the last two months, will actually be here on campus. Um, he's going to talk to us at 10, give us points about creating the book, interest in the book, and then we'll have a chance to ask him questions. And then he'll be preaching in the 11 o'clock service. I'm preaching in the 9 o'clock, he's in the 11. So. Two of the most dynamic preachers you've ever heard in your life on the same day. Uh, So that's what's known as the doubleheader. You want to make sure you uh, come to 9 and 11. Also humble, two of the most humble people. Uh, So sanctuary next week at 10 o'clock. We believe in risk-taking mission and service. Um, We saw everything that happened this past week. I thought it was important for us to read the book Why uh, last fall. That hurricanes are not God's will coming to punish people, make sure they know what's happening. Hurricanes actually have to do with the cooling of the earth and the regulation of its temperatures. And God's will is that we go and help those people. United, the United Methodist Church has what's called um Core and UM-Them. One helps uh, uh, re, uh, domestic efforts. One helps international efforts. And so we, if you would like to give to either one of those, I encourage you, you can give to us and we can give to them. You can give directly to UMCOR and Them, um They will help um, teams going to uh, not only help us, um, but to help people in Haiti as well. We believe in extravagant generosity. Um, not only, with, you know, when you think about that, you think about money, but really time and talent. Um, we, our leadership is looking at who our leaders will be in 2017. Uh, so make sure when your phone rings to answer it, and make sure you pray for the people who are considering uh, those that will lead us next year. Also, um, November 20th is a really important date. I want you—we will be in the sanctuary for combined service for consecration Sunday, and then come here for a celebration dinner. I want to make sure that all that is on your calendar now. We believe in prayer and uh, we try to practice it not only in the worship service, but throughout the week. So I want to give you an opportunity now to raise your hand if you would like to share a prayer concern with our church. Um, you can raise your hand, and an usher will bring you a card and a pencil. You can share that prayer concern with us, and it will be shared with our Tuesday prayer group. We're also going to start doing this in the traditional service as well, and uh, we want to put a button on the website so that you can share prayer with us all the time. We can be praying for any number of things in your life of uh, exciting things, scary things, uh, new things, uh, uh, losing things—whatever it may be. Praying for our community and uh, greater region. So, let's. Uh, if you would like to do that, you can raise your hand, and an usher will bring you one. And uh, I'm going to lead us in prayer now. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, those who are not with us now, because they're going to help uh, others in our state. We thank you for all those around the world. Who, are pray, who have been praying for us. We thank you for all the people throughout this state that sacrificed so much to make sure the people of our state were safe. We ask that you help us to continue to respond to those in need, just as we uh, read about in our text today. Bless us in our um, breaking open of your word that we may make it our own, that we may understand it, that we may uh, uh, make it part of our lives and our decision-making. Bless us Amen. Today we're using a, um, what could be a very familiar text to you. I think it, um, in the midst of this series, I think we can have a different spin on it that um, can truly impact our decision-making uh, going forward from today, not only offering help, um, but receiving it. Luke chapter 10, starting with verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. So here's your first phrase. Lifelong learning? Question mark? We've got any number of ways in which we can continue to learn way past college, way past graduate school. This person is an expert. That means he's poured in time, he's poured in studies, he's lived the life, he's practiced law, and he's very concerned with the interpretation of it and how he will use it and what he will do with it. Is he truly trying to learn more? I'll give you a great example of our community of people who are trying to learn more. The OLLI program at Furman University. It's all over the place, all over the country, but a lot of our people are at OLLI. Have you all noticed that John Rush is even smarter than he was before? He's going to a number of classes, one of our retired clergy, and uh, now he's taking Marion Waters. So Marion Waters is going to be even smarter than he was before. This is the mission statement of the OLLI program. We offer courses to further learning, health, and well-being, personal connections, creativity, and enjoyment. We promote engagement and enrichment in a community where learning never retires, which is a pretty great phrase. That's pretty good marketing uh, for their program. Where learning never retires. We've got a bunch of retirees coming and learning. uh, I'm talking about a huge number of topics. So is that what this guy's doing? Is he there to truly learn a little bit more than he knew before from someone that he considers to be an expert in the subject? They tie it to health, lifelong learning. They tie it to connection. Not only do you know more about this subject, but you should be healthier because you're engaging your mind and you're engaging a new community. You're learning from those people in that community. Is that what this guy's doing? He wants to do one of three things, if not all three. He wants to embarrass Jesus publicly. This is the theory of political debates, of not looking for, um, we have a particular topic, and I want to know exactly where you stand and exactly where you stand, and I'll decide based on which way either of you stands. That's how I'll make my choice. That's, the, um, of course, the theory. The practice is, I'm going to make you look silly. I'm going to take something that you said some time ago, I'm going to use that against you and make you look silly. I'm going to embarrass you. Because if I embarrass you enough, there'll be people who are watching this who think, man, look at this guy. I don't know what he's doing. He wants to embarrass Jesus. He wants to discredit Jesus in public. So these people who consider him to be an authority, whether it be based on healings that he's had, whether it be based on the scripture that he uses, whether it be based on uh, his interpretation. People say, wow, I've never heard it like that before. He wants to make sure that Jesus has no authority with these people by discrediting him. But really, I think he wants to do the third one the absolute most. A lot of us do this third one without doing the first two. He wants to look cool. You ever go to things where there's a big gathering and we're here to learn from someone and someone raised their hands with the intent of looking cool to not only the leader, but everyone around them? The question is formed in, a, uh, is in the uh, form of a sentence, which is preceded by, don't you think? Let me see. I got this cool thought. I, I didn't even have to listen to what you said the first 20 minutes. I already had this thought and it's cool. It's for the public. And the expert goes, um, yes. Don't you think, and then they say the thing that they think is cool, and then they look around and see if people think that they're cool. He says, and who is my neighbor? He wants to make sure that everyone knows that he's already doing it. And anything that Jesus is saying above that, he wants to discredit The other interesting part of this is, um, your second phrase is, this is debate. It's not observation of action. And that's the the only reason I'm saying that is a number of times when someone brings this up to Jesus, it's in response to something that he just did. It's in response to a healing on a particular day on the Sabbath, in response to eating with whomever he's eating with. It's in response to eating in a certain location. They're commenting on something that he's just done or his disciples have just done. This is purely debate in public. And Jesus, as he frequently does, I think, it's, uh, I think I've used this before. Um, I'm pretty sure jiu-jitsu is the martial art where you use the energy of the person coming at you against them. You're not aggressive towards them. You just use their coming energy towards you against them. So Jesus will say, uh, well, what do you think? The guy lays it out. And Jesus said, yeah, you're right. He says he wants to justify himself. He wants to make sure that everyone there, and especially him, knows that he has done enough. Verse 30. Jesus creates a hypothetical to sell the point. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to, play, to the place, saw him, passed by on the other side. So here's your first phrase. This escalation precedes another. You know, jokes go in threes. Jesus' stories go in threes. And the escalation of a beating in this, in this uh, chapter, and in chapter 21, goes in threes. They did this, then they did this, then they did this, and they're each getting worse. Now, um, I said, if you um, listen to the podcast this week, I talked about an instance, um, Jerusalem and Jericho really are, I'm talking about crazy difference in, um, is it Topography? Yeah, sort of. It drops down very quickly. It also goes from uh, uh, Galilee, very green and plush. Jerusalem, like Atlanta, there's a building on every inch. Immediately out of Jerusalem, desert. I'm I'm talking about immediately and desert, period. And, of course, the road now is way better, but that road is winding. And our bus broke down on that road. On the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, our bus broke down. And I thought, whoo, this is not cool. Now, I was on a bus. I would say a beyond luxury bus in a seat that I didn't have to share with a book bag with more provisions than anyone would ever need in their life with 52 other people. And I felt nervous. Imagine this guy. Imagine being on a road, you know, the westerns where you know that the Wells Fargo has to send that stagecoach through that pass. Everyone knows this is the pass. And everyone knows that we, this is a spot where you can get taken advantage of. There's a parable in chapter 21 of the wicked tenants in which a guy said, I'm going to build a wine press, I'm going to plan all the uh, lines, I'm going to build a watchtower, I'm going to build a wall around it, I'm going to give it to some people, and then I'm going to go away, they're going to take care of it. And after some time, he sent someone to go and collect the proceeds for the fact that he created it. And what do you think those guys thought of that? You didn't put any work in. He have not done any of the work since then, and so he keeps sending people. And as he keeps sending people, even sending his own son, their physical punishment of the people that he sends escalates up to death. This is twice Jesus will talk about an escalation of physical punishment to a person that did not deserve it. Why? Because we don't care what somebody else has done. We don't care what they're saying. We don't care what they want. We just don't want them to take the thing that we have. It's ours. We're the ones that put the work in. And if it takes punishing someone physically, so be it. We're gonna look out for ourselves. The second part of that, second phrase, is staying out of it. So um, I'm guessing there's been any number of times on the interstate, or on uh, 29 or uh, down 14, where you've seen someone that looked like they were in a tough spot. And you've thought a couple things. Um, I'm gonna help them, pull over. Uh, That is not an okay situation. Um, I'm five minutes late already, and I can't stop. Uh, It's raining outside, whatever it may be. The priest's primary concern at that point is that he is the intermediary between God and God's people. And his number one motivation is to stay clean so that he can be in touch with God because if he, according to their practices, according to their beliefs, According to their laws, if he touches him, he's unclean. If he's unclean, he can't talk to God. If he can't talk to God, he can't talk to the people. If he's unclean, he can't be a representative of the people. He can't communicate with them. And so when he sees this guy that's beaten, he's going around. Mm mm. Mm mm. The Levite is uh, a religious leader as well, but on a different level. Exact same principle. I'm going to go around because I've got to be clean, because I've got to be a representative of these people. Now, made fun of them plenty of times. Plenty of ministers made fun of them. Plenty of church people have made fun of them. Maybe they're supposed to be made fun of, but they are doing what they think is right by staying clean and not touching this person. Verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw them, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So here's your next phrase. One who would not have been helped. Samaritans from the other nation. Now, Israel's done plenty of um, uh, being with these people and pretty connecting with these people, but they're told not to. They're told they're not of the same belief, they're not of the same faith, and you need to marry someone that's like us. You need to be with someone that's like us, like us, not like those people. And so two people who were like us walked around in order to stay clean. And the person who stopped in order to help was them, was the other. So if you think all the time what we've made fun of is them walking around and this is the guy who helped, what I want you to think about is, what if you were the one that needed help? We rarely put ourselves in that position. What if we were the one who needed help and it was someone we didn't like that was coming along to help us? Someone that we didn't want to associate with in any way, shape, or form, was the one coming to help us. He would never have been helped. He would have never been helped by the expert in the law who started this whole thing off because he would have known, I can't go near him. He would have not been helped by the priest because he's going to go around. He would not have been helped by the workers in the vineyard because we're looking out for ourselves, not looking out for anybody else. All of them looking out for their own interests and would have never helped this man is the one who looked out for them. Verse 36. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So, if you ask me who my neighbors are, it's Jeff and Nella are on one side of me, and a chiropractic office is on the other side of me, and people pull up all the time, and we've got some friendly new people uh, across the street from us uh, from Mount Pleasant, and we've got uh, Stefan with all his crazy dogs across the corner. He's got two little dachshunds and one German Shepherd, and the German Shepherd is walking along like this uh, while the dachshunds are doing this. He's just walking along. Those are literally our neighbors. Who are my business neighbors? Um, we've got the CPE guys over here. We've got counseling over here. And I'm not sure what's going on with the mansion. Is it for sale? I don't know what's doing. But we've done different things with it. But what about according to this text? He didn't say anything about an address, he didn't say anything about a nationality, he didn't say anything about a religion. It was completely tied to action that precedes any sort of response, that precedes any ability to help. You know, when businesses send their people to hotels all around the country and all around the world, they give them a um, certain um, per diem, I'm guessing, and anything above that per diem, what did he say? He said, here's some money for now, and if he goes over, I'll come back, I'll pay you again. Any one of us offering anybody else that? Any business offering any individual that? No way. No way we're saying, oh, and any other charges? It's cool. We got it. That's that part about going way above and beyond. So here's your last, here's your last word, uh, reminders. We can't earn the gift of life or the mystery of creation. We can't. They've been given to us. As much as we think that we've been on a piece of land for 50 years and we've taken care of it, or we've been in a church for 60 years and we've taken care of it, all of it is a gift to us that we can't even comprehend. We can't earn eternal life. That's what's so, inherent, uh, so interesting to me about that phrase. What do I have to do, what action, in order to inherit? Implying that it's a gift. We can't earn eternal life. It's a gift. It's a response that we have to the gift that's already been given to us. We are not the initiators or owners. We are the responders of this amazing gift that's been given to us. We want to justify ourselves. We want to stay clean. We want to claim gifts as our own. But when are we at our best? When we're not trying to look cool in front of other people? Where we're not saying to God, don't you think we ought to, whatever that may be, When we are looking and thinking, how can we help a neighbor, whoever I'm coming across for the next seven days, in whatever way, how can I help them with a word, with a um, a patient listening ear, with simple food, water, whatever it may be? Then we will be neighbors to this community. Let us pray. Gracious God, left unchecked, we seek our own gain. Left unchecked, we might get violent towards other people with our words and sometimes even our actions. Remind us of your amazing gift to us. Remind us of the opportunities that you've placed before us. Remind us that we can be neighbors to anyone. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen you'll stand and join me in our affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is all over His works and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and our acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. Uh, you'll also see a way to give online if you'd like to do it.
0: I was lost. I was in chains. The world had a hold on me heart was a stone It was covered in shame When He came for me I couldn't run, couldn't run From His presence Couldn't run, couldn't run From His arms Jesus for me my only hope my ever-
1: and sing with us.
2: for coming today. If you're a visitor today, we're so grateful that you came. Thank you for being with us. Go to our website. You can see so much about what we're trying to do, uh, what we believe. It's memorialgreer.com. It's very simple. You can also see the podcast of um, what we're trying to do week to week to talk about the text that's coming on Sunday morning. Next Sunday is a big deal. It's a historic deal to have a bishop come to your church. I encourage you to... uh, eat a snack, eat a good breakfast, and come and uh, see a doubleheader. It'll be a good Sunday next week. And I encourage you, if we're doing that, to park far away um, so that we have plenty of spots for everyone on Sunday morning. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.
1: great week.